Good morning, and welcome to University Heights United Methodist Church. I'm Susan Hancock, your program director. Our pastor is David Newen. Our liturgist this morning is Mike Hart, and Vicki Swank will be doing our children's moment. Flowers this morning are in memory of Elwood Jensen or in a gift of Heidi Jensen. We want to welcome newcomers, those watching us live, and our radio congregation on WICR. Missions are still happening at our church. Did you know this week we had a meal at Fletcher Place? Now, it wasn't like our normal meal that we do at Fletcher Place, but on Wednesday, Second Helpings provided the sandwiches, and we provided the rest of the meal that Ken and Georgia Hoddle so graciously delivered for us. Thank you all for your donations to Fletcher Place as we continue to feed the hungry. Our Children's Center will be having a garage sale on August 27th through the 29th. If you have treasures at home that you no longer want, you please donate those so that they can make a profit for the Children's Center. Just a reminder about our prayer program. Remember, remember as you're washing your hands so many times each day, pray. Please put on your prayer list this week students, teachers, and administrators going back to school in whatever form that will be. Prayer is powerful. And speaking of school, during the month of August is when we collect school supplies. We'll be collecting school supplies for our children's center, our Sunday school areas, and also School 65. So when you're out shopping, you might pick up some of those things that are on sale. Please stand now as you're able and greet one another with God's peace. God is good all the time and all the time God is good blessings to you this morning on this first Sunday in August God is welcoming us into a new month and into another step in our life of faith may we be nurtured and challenged by his presence and word this morning Gracious and loving God, meet us again in this space that you have readied for us. Your spirit has gathered here in anticipation of your friends, your followers, your children coming once again to express our pains, to celebrate our joys, look to you for insight and care and mercy, to be empowered and sent forth with encouragement, hopeful vision, trust in your care. Bless our gathering today, Lord God. Feed us richly at this communion table and move us into that place of wrestling where we bring our full selves to you 
and you bring your full self to us. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And God's people said, amen. Stand and sing with us. remain standing and join me for the call of worship. Just when we are feeling most discouraged, God burst into our lives with healing mercy. Give us peace and hope in our spirits.
Praise be to God. In the darkness of night and the brightness of day, you, O Lord, are present to us as we wrestle with situations which seem to drain us of our energy, as we struggle to find out who you call us to be. You reach out to us with reassurance of empowerment and courage for the days ahead. Calm our spirits and prepare our hearts and lives Please join me for the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
The scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. nice to be here with you today, whether we're virtual or in person. I'm going to read some terms to you. Bridge, cradle, default, decision, escape, fall, mat, pin, reversal, singlet. Anybody know what all those terms have in common? Those all belong to the sport of wrestling. They're different terms about different moves in the sport of wrestling. Now in today's scripture, Jacob wrestled all night with God. Now I doubt if any of these terms or moves were used, and we don't really know if they physically wrestled or they simply mentally wrestled. And mentally wrestled is like when it's hard to make a decision and you go back and forth and you don't quite know what to do or you're wrestling with what is right or what is wrong. So while we won't physically wrestle with God, we likely have and will again mentally wrestle with God. And we can ask for God's help. He will show us the way and help us make all those hard decisions. Will you pray with me? I'll say a few words and you repeat it. Dear God, Thank you, Thank you for always being there, always being there. When, we wrestle. when we wrestle and showing us your way. We love you and know you love us. Amen. Amen. Do you want to know what's in the basket today? Everything in this basket are things that I have to wrestle with by myself without God's help.
Jacob was left alone. So the story says he was our most painful times come when we are left alone. When I was little and I would get frightened by a little flicker of light or an unusual sound in my darkened bedroom, I would start kicking as hard as I could. And of course, if anyone asked me, I was kicking away the monsters so they would not threaten me. But honestly, I was trying to make enough noise so that maybe my parents would come and help me so I wouldn't have to be alone. Sitting by myself in the cafeteria in college, I might have a book out on the table as if to make it look like I was studying deep in thought, but really I was observing the conversations of others and pondering my own silent corner. There on the sideline, Cindy and I would cheer for Addison on his race, and we'd also cheer for his teammates as they would pass by. And at the finish, we would congratulate the team and all their hard work, and we would observe the face of one of his peers who had no parents, no family at the meet, no one to praise him for a race well run, all alone. You know, the, the isolation we've been going through over the past few months is unique. It started with six feet. That distance, right, that term will never mean the same thing to you anymore. Six feet is no handshakes of greeting, no hugs of empathy, and then six feet elongated into orders just to stay at home, refrain from large gatherings where communities formed, places like at restaurants and concert halls and stadiums and the PTA meeting and the city parade and the church sanctuary. Wisely, we were instructed to stand apart so we might see this virus depart from our lives. And yet, we don't know. We don't know the long-term effects yet of what this time of separation, this isolation will bring. What types of loneliness, isolation have you encountered? Has it changed your experience where you work? Your process of healing at the hospital, your ability to grieve at a funeral home, has isolation gone deeper than simply being frustrated that your routine is interrupted? How is it with your soul? Jacob arranged for his own solitude. He was on a journey to reunite with Esau. It would be the first family reunion since he had stolen his brother's birthright. When it comes to family values, Jacob is not stellar, no. He's a bit of a manipulator, you know, he's tricky. Uh, he's schemed to accumulate wealth and blessings and family positions of power. And maybe now he's feeling like his deception has caught up with him a little bit. He's invited his brother to meet and he's coming, Esau's coming with 400 other dudes. He's panicked. 
<laughs> Jacob is panicked. He divides his belongings, his family. He sends them away to protect them. Or is it to preserve some part of himself? What's going to happen to me? How did I get here? What is going on? What am I going to do? How will life go on from here? Was Jacob a man of introspection? When all he can hear is the gentle thump, the lap of the river against the shoreline? Does his desperation sink in? His regrets start to surface? His uncertainties start to rise up? When does your heart reveal its innermost ache? When does your mind confront you with those questions of deeper meaning? For me, it is when I am alone. That's when I wonder, have I made the right choices? Am I enough? Do my contributions matter? When I'm by myself, that's when those inadequacies and failures become most clear. When this divine presence I've come to know as the living Christ, I wonder, does that really have any bearing on my fatigued state? It's precisely when I'm separated from work and its relationships or family responsibilities or the incessant voice of my phone and its notifications and messages. It's when I'm alone from those things that my soul has its deepest yearning. And it also happens to be the space in which God has some space to do some of God's work. But before we go there to God's good work, the hope, the light, we have to sit with Jacob for a while, and he's sitting alone in the dark. And that is where combat begins. Distance from others leads to proximity with an evening attacker. And who is it? We don't really know. The story doesn't say. Lots of ideas come to mind. Maybe it's just the anxiety of reuniting with his brother. Maybe he's having a panic attack. Maybe all this wrestling is in his mind. Pastor Gary Simpson alludes to that in his preaching. We are always with our thoughts, he says, our prior actions, our future uncertainties. It's often in this place that we battle our demons. But maybe for Jacob it's not an inner thought. Maybe it's his wealth it has betrayed him, and now thieves are breaking through and trying to steal away his belongings. Maybe Esau has come anonymously, undercloaked, to exact revenge. Some rabbis say it is the guardian angel of Esau come to weaken Jacob before they meet. Or maybe it's simply a divine angel. That's a popular interpretation. But according to the Bible... A demon, it's not interior monologue. The Hebrew says clearly Jacob wrestled with a man. The Hebrew word, ish, man. That clears it up, doesn't it? Some guy. <laughs> Makes it hazy to me, mysterious, uncertain. And it was for Jacob too. He's just wrestling with the unknown. That sounds like a dark night of the soul, wrestling with the unknown, wrestling with uncertainty. Will my brother reconcile or wound me? Will my dishonesty and schemes catch up? Will I be a trickster forever or can my life change? Who am I? Do I have a life with God in my future? 
I don't know. It's uncertain. The questions for you, what are they? How will this pandemic ever resolve? When will we break through this perpetuation of racial prejudice and discrimination in our country? How am I best going to care for an aging parent? Or maybe what does the future hold for me? A maturing midlife or beyond self. Like Jacob, we've got to face them. Those questions, those uncertainties, those strangers. Whether they be the result of past poor choices, the fear about changing ways, or the future unknown. Will our dreams become reality? Hey, if there's nothing that we don't learn from Jacob, it's not to resign. Even when the up-and-close wrestling match shows no quick resolution, the guy, Jacob, is no quitter. He wrestles all night long. Is that a song? All night long, all night, all night. The guy will not stop. The unknown man is ready to call the thing off. But Jacob will not let go. And the result of his perseverance is a broken hip, an injury, a wound. What? What do you think that wrestling with the tough questions in life, you're going to come away ecstatic and refreshed and joyful, carefree? Do you think sitting a while with the realities of who you are, what you've become, where you're going, is just going to leave you with no discomfort at all? But in that revelation for Jacob and for each of us, we discover, really, you know, really we've been wrestling with God all along, and we've come out all right. Walter Brueggemann has this keen insight when he says, in the night, the divine antagonist tends to take on the features, those with whom we struggle in the day. Alone in the dark, dark nights of the soul, moments of deep introspection, whether that be the anxieties of your personal life, the breakdown of your family, the worries about our community, we finally see that our skirmish isn't so much with ourselves or other people, but with God, desperately needing God to make sense of it, or God to bring calm to it. God to bring hope to it. You know, sometimes in the light of God's holiness, um, God wants to stand clear of such kind of conversations and messes, stand clear of our vulnerabilities. The king of heaven would rather us clean that stuff up, our indecision, you know, kind of root out any immorality we might have before we approach his throne. But at this riverbank, this night, all alone, Jacob reveals a different side to God's divinity. What Phyllis Tribble in her best translation of wrestling is, it's when we make God dirty. See that image? God is poised in the mud, sweat on God's brow, knees bent, arms around your torso, ready to drag us to the ground grass-staining our pants, speckling us with dirt, wrecking us against rocks. What befuddles the mind, breaks our heart, wrecks our souls, God is there 
God is listening. God is engaging. God is hearing the tough questions. And then God is asking God's own. Will you trust me? Will you commit yourself to me? Will you envision your future with me? Who are you really? Who are you going to be? What shall I call you? What is your name? With Jacob, the name has always been the trickster, the overreacher. That's what Jacob means. But now it's Israel. God rules. God preserves. God protects. That's what the new name means. We never leave our battles with God unchanged. Who are we really? What is our name? You know, we can't just jump into a new character all of a sudden, one night of wrestling and or a changed person. God doesn't erase all of Jacob's past. He doesn't do, undo all of Jacob's doubts. He doesn't solve all of Jacob's inner turmoil. Israel is very much Jacob for the rest of his life, his story. But God releases him with a blessing, a fresh understanding of himself and the divine, a new perception of his life and God's place in it, reassurance for any hardships that are coming. Today, we continue to be isolated. We continue our six feet or more of distance. We are alone. But be aware, the Holy One does some awesome, transformative work when we are by ourselves, when we put space between ourselves and others. Take hold of this holy moment when the space between heaven and earth is thin, when you can get up caught up in wonder and mystery and uncertainty and sit a while and think, who am I really? Who does Christ know me as? Who is the Holy Spirit creating me to be? Hold on to the holy, expecting to be bruised, but know the blessing. That is peace that passes understanding when you see yourself as a new creation waking up to a fresh sunlit day. We come to this table, which we often come to maybe, um, maybe sometimes in regret. The holiness table brings to light some of our mistakes. The cross comes to mind. Christ's suffering for us. We come quietly. Sometimes we come with great joy. It's an Easter table. It's a table that brings the whole church together. And so communion is a, a celebration, a festival of, of the new kingdom coming on earth. Today I come to the table as one who is uncertain. One who moves in and out of great faith and then moments of doubt. A person that wants to feel grounded, but each and every day and new news and new struggles leaves me wondering how this is going to turn out. And God meets me in this space and both blesses and wounds. You get both answers and yet you still leave with questions. 
May this table be a place where we encounter the holy, where we see light, see ourselves as new people, and yet also know that the struggle continues. And yet, we will persevere. The Lord and also with you in the world. We live in a Thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. When Jacob wrestled with you during the night, you blessed him. And so you have blessed us even as we have fought with you. For you are truly gracious and holy. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their unending hymn. are you, O God, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. He showed us your love and compassion by feeding multitudes. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this. All of you, this is my blood poured out for the new covenant, for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Loving and gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, on those gathered far and wide, on these gifts of bread and of juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. This day, Lord God, we also bring the prayers of our hearts our concern for those near to us, those within our church family, those who live near us, our community and our world. We do pray this morning for Mary Stallhut as she approaches surgery tomorrow and for Sue Hudson who will be having surgery on Wednesday. We pray, Lord God, for the continued healing of Phyllis Austin, for the healing of Nigel Schoff's sister after recent surgery, for Christy Rollison's sister and her broken foot, for those within our Children's Center who continue to battle COVID-19 infection, for the Children's Center as it makes plans to resume operations in just a week's time. We pray, Lord God, for all those who have been impacted physically, financially, mentally by this COVID-19 pandemic. Bring healing, Lord God, to your world and to your people. By your Spirit, Lord God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly table. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. join me as those who follow Christ by reciting together the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. The gift of communion, a means of grace for us.
You do not need to be a member of a particular church or this church, the United Methodist trained and raised. Are we seeking to wrestle with God today? Are we seeking to ask those tough questions and to have God ask them to us in return? Who are we really? Who will we become? How can he change us? I hope you received your gift of communion as you entered today. I hear you preparing already. I invite you to pull back the first level of plastic to retrieve that wafer on top. If your pastor would only have the dexterity to do so. The body of Christ broken for us. Thanks be to God. I invite you to pull back the second layer. cup of salvation, the blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. We thank you, O oh God. This is a holy mystery in which you come to us. Slightly, a bit like stranger coming in the dark in the midst of a restless soul night your presence engaging coming to bless coming to challenge move us Lord God after our encounter with you to be blessings for others that we might go into your world with new strength awareness, with new recognition of your ever-abiding love and presence in our lives. May we go to give ourselves for others as you have given yourself for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Gracious God, please accept these tithes and offerings as a symbol of our gratitude and faith. May they be used to ease the struggle of those on earth who need both our support and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
It is really nice time. But yet we hold on. Keep fighting. We keep resting. We realize it's been long and there's a blessing new day. Go forth in his peace and his strength and hold on. In Christ's name, amen.